Welcome to the Manifesting Clarity Podcast, where we work together to help you receive the answers to your big what's next question. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Roth. I'm excited to share how my journey of building a business as a massage therapist and herbalist has led me to my biggest passion, clarity coaching. My deepest desire is to help you create a life you absolutely love. So with each episode, I'll bring you firsthand stories and proven methods from industry leaders who have faced challenging decisions and stepped into their power to unlock a life of their dreams. It's my intention to bring you inspiration and answers so you can navigate your life's next big step. everyone and welcome back. I have Beth here with me today and I am thrilled to have a conversation about relationships, about life, about so many things we're going to dive into today. So um, Beth and I met in elementary school mm-hmm. and uh, we were unfortunately, fortunately reconnected at a, a deeper level recently as your dad passed and mm-hmm. I was just an absolute shock and brought back a flood of memories of like Mm -hmm. places and bits and pieces. And this is, I guess, relationships in life, but something that I have loved and appreciated about my parents and my dad, more importantly, is my dad came from a huge Catholic family. And so going and celebrating people's lives that we care about and love or had a deep place in our our heart at one period in time um, is just what we do. And so he picked up the phone. He's like, so when are you flying in for Beth's dad's funeral? And (laughs) I just, it it warmed my heart at such a deep level um, that he can be incredibly rough around the edges and Mm -hmm. he has one of the biggest hearts. And I just love that that heart and expansion came into play, um, especially for you, because you yeah. and I were um, definitely a bit more unique going through elementary school. <laughs> I can't remember exactly how tall you were, but we were both Super tall. yeah. taller for sure. I feel like there was maybe four of us or something who were like a foot taller than everyone else as we walked yeah. down the hallway. Um, so that immediately, I feel like was some, some physical connection that we had, but you've heard me talk about in the past, as well as if any of you have gone through any of the clarity training for me, we always talk about energy and something that came into our conversation today was, um, the difference between resistance and receiving. And I think when we're kids, we, we have a bit of that, right. But there's just certain people that we really resonate with more than others. And so as we dive into relationships today and so many other bits and pieces of life, we're really going to talk about resistance and receptivity and how that works. So I'm just so grateful that we were receptive to one another at that chapter and point in our life. We have so many memories from our childhood growing up. So thank you for being here today. You have a newer second little one who's in the back background who may be for all of you (laughs) listening, um, popping in and out. And that's another part of me that is beyond grateful in this world that I got to build a company called Birds and Bees Teas that's focused Mm -hmm. on fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum for those of you who don't know. And the reason I share that is because 
I was lit up like no other when I went into the very first store that I was selling the tea to, and there was a baby strapped to the mama and who was running the store and owned the store. I was like, oh my gosh, like I could take a big, deep breath. I was like, whoa, there's space for women to show up wholly and authentically um, mm-hmm. themselves. And so that was one of my intentions this morning with Beth is for her to be herself. So if you hear Grace in the background or on her lap <laughs> or wherever she shows up today, then we'll <laughs> love her into the picture. Um <laughs> But I think there's even a lot that's um, being said, at least from my heart, um, that she's just kind of hanging out, taking care of herself right now. And um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of babies on the planet that are a bit more high strung. And I feel like that they also pick that up from their parents, not to say that that is always the case. But it, to me, it speaks volumes of who you are as an individual and as a mom and um, getting to be her mama. So. Thank you for being oh, here. Thanks. Um, oh my gosh. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy to reconnect with you and be here. I'm so honored. Yeah. So much yeah. fun. So yeah. who are you and what are you up to and, and what, what are we going to chat about today? <laughs> well, I'm Beth Weston. As Jen said, we've known each other for a billion years and you're right. Like it was a connection, right? Right from the get go. Yeah. I'm six foot two. So the height has continued throughout my life, I'm still a foot above most crowds, um, which becomes very helpful in grocery stores to (laughs) needy people. (laughs) I I stopped growing, I think in fifth grade at five, eight. And and then Beth kept going. There's like three or four of you that kept going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but I mean, you know, just like our strength and our height, and then our families were very close and we traveled and played sports together. And so, and just, you know, you've always been just one of those people who's just been so genuine, even in those times where you're in middle school and high school and just trying to figure and beyond and trying to figure out who you are and what you're doing in this life. And, uh, you know, you've just always been a constant, even though we haven't always been connected. So, um, yeah, I think that's just incredible. And then like I reconnected, with you in some small ways, even before children, I went into uh, Modern Natural Baby, a store in Ferndale, Michigan. I live in Michigan. And uh, this was a long time ago. And I saw your birds and bees teas on the shelf there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my friend Jen. Like just freaking out just because I was like, I had seen you posting some, some things about it, but I was like, you did it. Like, this is incredible. And then, you know, obviously beyond this and now, and then I used, I had tea in my first pregnancy with my son, Dean, and that just made me feel very connected to you. And then, you know, here we are again. So yeah, so I'm here. Um, I am a mother of two now. Grace is two years old. Uh, Dean is our two, 27 month old. He was like a pandemic baby, like May of 2020, which was wild to say the least and very difficult. Uh, I am the wife of Sean, a lovely human being who I adore. Uh, I'm currently working in global logistics, which is not anything I knew about five years ago. I was, my background's in athletic training and I worked at the collegiate level for several years, really high profile at Boston college. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of like all over the place, but 
a lot of those life choices have been, as you know, we'll probably talk about here, just like following the flow, following the things I really want in my life, and then recognizing where resistance had come in and not allowed those things, you know, so, or they didn't match, they didn't match, you know, so it was like a big thing was in my relationship or what I wanted to be a relationship was I was working in athletics and I was on call all the time. And I'm like, I want a boyfriend. Where's my boyfriend? I can't have a boyfriend. And, you know, I started dating a guy. This is what back when I was out in Boston and we were trying to see each other and he lived in New Hampshire, which is not, that sounds far away, but like, it's not. And, uh, and I couldn't find time. Like, I was like, well, we play this weekend and I have off next Tuesday, but if someone gets hurt, I might have to go in. And like, as I'm saying this in my head, I'm like, how I'm not available for this person at all. You know, so that was a big, a a huge shift of my uh, recognition of something I really wanted in my life that I thought I was prioritizing, but I was not, or like I was living in direct conflict of that. Hi, friend. I cannot thank you enough for listening. We're going to take a couple second commercial break as I introduce one of my very first courses. Hope you're having an amazing day and look forward to meeting you really soon. Are you ready to shift your mindset? The world has been experiencing so much more anxiety and fear than normal the past few years. Can you feel it? If you're ready to step into your gifts, release fear, build more trust, more joy, and manifest the life you've been desiring, then join me for the free mini course, Untangled, that I created just for you. I'm so excited to learn more about what you desire and help you live a life that's more aligned with your heart. I can't wait for you to get started. What I love about what you just shared is this, this conflict that we tend to be in, right? Like we think we're receptive and we think at least I did that I was doing the things that I wanted to be doing. And yet I was actually pushing people and things away from me because my internal dialogue was awful. Like it was not very great. Right. And so when we're focused on what's not working or we think we're focused on what is working, but we start to pay attention it's like, oh man, those words are actually swirling in my head. And my husband and I were, I was thinking yesterday by the end of this podcast, most of you are going to be so tired of hearing me talk about laundry, but what laundry is one of those things where I catch myself and like, oh, is this over yet? Do I need to do like, I don't want to do anymore. And I just am in this place. So I often pop on a podcast, pop on a book, like something to shift my mindset. And my husband was laughing. <laughs> we were in relationships. Um, my, I had another girlfriend recommend 30 minute, like sprint activities, like for our husbands to just kind of dive in and help with. I'm like, so can we do, I have two options for a 30 minute activity this afternoon. (laughs) Could we do (laughs) folding the sheets that are downstairs or going to get like the, like some other supports for our tomatoes? Uh, he's like, I'm just knowing I'm not going to like either of these. It was so funny. And as we were folding the sheets, he was like, well, just say lights on, lights off. That's lights on, that's lights off. And he is oftentimes like 
definitely making fun of the work that I'm doing in the world. So it's so fun, (laughs) but that is awesome because now I'll have that playing in my head, right. For the next time I go and do laundry. But, um, as we're, as we're talking about, and I think just to dive right into it, one of the things that I have had in my heart for you and a handful of our other girlfriends growing up who chose and, or maybe potentially were in resistance, but, I do believe that there was more of a a consciousness about your life and what you wanted and what you were creating and choosing to stand outside of the pressure of life Mm -hmm. and what everyone else is telling you to do or what were the train that we're on. I was having a conversation with a a woman in her twenties this past weekend, and she's not in a relationship right now. I'm like, Oh, I give so much for you to be able to see these pictures play out. And one of the things I always say to someone in their twenties or thirties is just, and, and I say, hold out, but I don't that be intentional and wait Mm -hmm. consciously for that right person to show up because I felt the pressure. I was on the train. There were a handful of things that weren't in alignment and I chose to do it anyway. And it has been intense. And I'm not saying that marriage doesn't take work, but I believe marriage and relationships take a heck of a lot more work when we jump into something and we're telling ourselves and pushing ourselves and choosing to ignore the shoulds or ignore Mm. something that aren't aligned. Um, something I've respected so much about getting to observe your journey from afar is I didn't get married until later in life. And we were talking conversations at work. So would you share what your experience has been with that and, and how up for you? Yeah, of course. So a part of that was largely shaped by my parents getting divorced when I was 15, which was like, not a great time for people to get divorced, but within that. And they were like dear friends and still were up until my dad's death. And even in their divorce, it was very amicable. You know, even after my mom ended up moving out, she had a crazier job at the time. So she wanted my, me and my brother to have more stability in the house. So he stayed in the house and they came to our sports games together. My mom still came to family parties. Like it was very amicable. Um, but in one of our conversations about the divorce, it wasn't all great. You know, of course I was like, what's going on? Um, She had said, so my mom and her three best friends married my dad and his three best friends. So like they were, it was like the seventies and they were all hanging out and they were all best friends. And they're like, Oh, this is great. You know? And there was like, obviously some love connections, but they're all subsequently divorced because I think there was a part of it. And my mom later told me point blank. She was just like, you know, there was a day where you were gone and, or you were at a sleepover and Matt was somewhere and it was just me and your dad at home. And I thought like, Whoa, this is going to be it. And I was like, well, that's a heavy thought. Like, (laughs) but it had never, when they first started dating, they just kind of paired up and they were all having fun. And I think there was some like, long thought pattern like we're all gonna live in down the street together and raise our kids together and not like this is my soulmate or person that I'm going to spend my life with so that was really eye-opening to me and I'm like even as a 15 year old like what 
you didn't think you would have to be alone with this person. Like this is your husband, you know, it was just like, and so that was something that like rang in my head. Like, okay, if, if when I find this person, that's the only thing that happens in our life. Like we don't have children or, you know, whatever comes and goes, I want to love this person and I want to enjoy their time or enjoy my time with them. I want to be aligned with like what, you know, who we are together and how we spend our time, things like that. So that really formed a lot of my, so I didn't get caught up in like a ton of, um, I think more of the superficial things initially, because I was already inherently looking for something that I knew was deeper, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so that was a huge part of it. And then also, I mean, from like a filter standpoint, I'm six foot two. So I wanted to marry someone who was like tall ish. Um, even though I did have data guys that are shorter than me, but I mean, there is still a range, you know, so that like already narrows down the field a little bit. And, and then at the same time, I've been very like, um, professionally driven. So that was always something I went to school, college for athletic training. That's what you go to school for. That's what you train for. That's what you become when you graduate, which is what I did. I went to grad school. I got a master's in education. So I was really on you know, just a really professional sort of fast track. And, but same thing, like, where's my boyfriend? Like, I want a boyfriend, I'm a boyfriend, boyfriend. But like, nothing I was doing was preparing, was opening space for that at all, like in retrospect. And it reminds me of my best college girlfriends, my two of them, her mom, one of my mom, one of my friend's moms would come to visit and she'd be like, we're like, oh, why don't we have boyfriends? And she's like, have you guys seen yourselves when you go to bars? Like the three of you just like dance in a circle together. Like you couldn't care about anyone else in the world. And we're sitting there thinking like, oh, aren't we sexy? Like, why isn't someone just approach us? You know, but now in retrospect, it's like, yeah, what guy would walk up to like these three girls who, like, you know, so anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, it took a long time. Like I said, it wasn't until I was living in Boston. I was five years into my career at the height of my career. I was the head athletic trainer for the men's basketball team at Boston college. Like that was like the height, you know, I was the only female athletic trainer in the ACC at the time. And, you know, it was where I thought I wanted to be. And I was there and I was like, oh, okay now what? And, and so I was like, I kind of checked off that big box in my life. And then I realized like, I can't fit these other things in here too. And I was already kind of, you know, professionally just not feeling very aligned with like the way the NCAA was moving and just the sports culture and just how broken I was seeing athletes bodies coming in at the collegiate level. So I was already kind of like, moving away towards away from that anyway but it was really when I was dating this guy who I felt very strongly about and just like we couldn't make it work and it was because of me you know so that was like a big aha moment um yeah so then I moved back to Michigan I was yeah I was living in Boston I'm from Michigan originally moved back here I felt like that was a part of it too was just to kind of be like closer to family and things like that and then um And then I just like really tried to shove a square peg through a round hole for like a while. 
Cause I was like, I'm home. I made this decision to move home. I changed careers. Um, and I, I was like, just not having good experiences. And the universe finally was just like, there was a series of experiences where, um, like guys were hitting on me who were married and like lived down the street and married with children and just like bad, like bad juju, you know, where I was just like, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting attention, but like, this is not the attention I want, but you know, I just kind of like shut it down a little bit. And then, um, but I was still on a dating app. I was still on this like free dating app. I did all the things. I did the free dating apps. I did the paying dating apps. I was set up by friends. I met guys at bars. And, and so I was on this free dating app and that's how I met Sean. That's how I met my husband. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and what, what was different about that, that relationship than like, were, were you at a different place in your life at that point? Do you think we're like, how, how did, how did that chemistry come together? Yeah. So a few things at that point I had switched, I'd switched two jobs. So when I moved back to Michigan, I was working for a company that did long-term rehab on spinal cord and traumatic brain injury patients. And, um, and that was great. And it was an incredible experience, but my body was kind of breaking down because it was so physical. And so then I switched to a company that was doing mobile rehab. So again, I was just really making some professional choices to open up my life to be as free as possible. And, and then also, I think I mentioned this to you, Jen, uh, I did, I came across Ariel Ford's, um, it was like, maybe it was just like an email or something. I don't know how I came across it originally, but it was basically like a process on like manifesting a soulmate. And so I kind of got into it. And uh, some of the parts of the practice that I really, really liked was it talked about like making a very specific list of who you're looking for in terms of, well, it talks about a lot of things. It talks about like making physical space in your house for someone you know, same thing. Like if, if someone moved into my house, where are they going to put their stuff? And like, are they even here? You know, like, are you making space? So you do like a physical part of it where you make space for someone and then, you know, and then that's supposed to open up like emotional space too, but making a very like specific list of attributes, you know, personality wise, professionally, physically, all that kind of stuff. And then it talks about like releasing it to the universe. So like I mailed my list to Santa and like, and, you know, and and just sort of, yeah. So, you know, I like that practice. It made me feel engaged in it. Um, And again, more focused on like what I was looking for. So like by the time I met Sean, um, I don't know. Like we just like, we clicked, uh, he was attractive. We met right away. We didn't have a long, like back and forth email thing, you know, but it was enough where I was like, this guy seems really witty and funny and, but interesting, you know, he talked about cooking and I love cooking. So that was something. So there was a few of enough um, overlap things. And then we met and he was very attractive and he thought I was too. And 
and we just had this like great, you know, initial connection. Um, and then it just grew like pretty quickly. And I think the big part of it was like, he was just on board for it, you know? So there wasn't like game playing. There wasn't like, we met up at the end of December. I was going to a Christmas party afterwards. I was like, I can literally meet you for like a few drinks. And then I have to go to this party. He's like, what? But we did. And then and how, later, it was how our, old were you? 30, 33, okay. I think. Yeah, I was 35 when I got married. So, or maybe it was 34. Anyway, because we got, we got engaged relatively quickly. But yeah, so I was older, you know. And uh, yeah, on our second date, like my toilet broke that morning. So we had to like fix my toilet. And by, when I say we, I mean me, because... I'm the like analytical one. He's very like left brain. Um, but he was like, I'll pour the wine while you do it. So like, that was our second date. And we like had pizza. Yeah. And then, and then I was going out to Denver to visit my brother and sister-in-law. And, uh, and then our third date was new year's Eve. And he like came to a party with me, you know? So like, he was also on board to just like, like that is normally not, you normally would not go on a third date on new year's Eve with like a relatively new person. So, you know, I think we were both just like also ready for it. You know, there was no like, well, maybe I'll talk to you in a few weeks. It was just like, all right, yeah, let's keep doing this. And then it just kept growing from there. You know, we just kind of kept, and then there were little things along the way, like he loved to cook. So he had this like binder full of recipes that he had like pulled from like magazines and I had I had done something similar so you know very early on we made elaborate and we still do made elaborate meals together and you know there were a lot of things that came up on the list like he plays the guitar and you know I always wanted to be with someone who was musical because I am not but I would love to be um you know so there were just like a few things that like really like you know, came home that I was like, yes, this is it. That is awesome. So if you, if someone out there is listening, what would be, um, how would you recommend them to, to make this list? So we, um, uh, I, I am so grateful that you shared it because when we're in fertility work, um, and I started doing that in the beginning, a big piece of it was, that we were missing creativity in our life. And so whether that be painting or playing with clay or whatever is being creative in your world, yeah. that is creating space as well as mm. energy for our ovaries and our uterus to make room yeah. for that baby. And then same mm. thing, like in your work life, in your home life. So I love hearing this. Like, are you making space for this person in your world? Yeah. So yeah. often we think we might be again, but we physically right. maybe aren't. So, and then yep. you're putting that attractor out there, right? Like I was listening to mm-hmm. somebody else yesterday that said, it's like Batman and you're putting out the yeah. You know, yeah. light and you're saying, Hey, like I'm here, I'm ready. Right. So you're for sure at that point, really opening yourself to receive and yep. getting to receive. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, wholeheartedly. And I think that's a huge part of it. And it's just, and again, it's being aware and maybe it's being hit in the head a few times and being like, what you think you're doing to like receive these things, maybe your actions may be counterintuitive to 
what you're trying to do, you know? So like for me, it took a few big shifts in the universe to be like, okay, something's not right. And okay. Yeah. That's maybe a part of why this isn't happening, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's a learning curve. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll have to find is, do you know, is Arielle Ford still doing, does she have anything like that? We'll, we'll post it for for you all to go find it. Yeah. I'll have, I, yeah, I, I'm sure I have the original email because I think I sent it to a girlfriend afterwards just because I found like the process so helpful because it, you know, it talks about being as very specific as possible. Like their eyes should be green and they're, you know, and granted, like you can't use that as like a hard, you know, like, oh no, bye, Mr. Not Blue Eyes. You know, it's like, you can't. So yeah, it's interesting seeing the things. And again, in doing that, it, I think helps you identify what are the truly important things that you're looking for. And if you can't dive into like the spiritual things or, you know, the more personal level things, I, maybe that's a little red, a little bit of a red flag. Like, oh, okay. Are you just looking for physical attributes? Because those change, like, that's not always a given, you know? And so, so much, right. Between the age of like, I don't know, 15 to 25, let alone 25 to 35 is like drastically, we're just figuring out what we want. Right. Or really like, I think we do for the rest of our lives. So ideally you get to do that with somebody who's open and and going to do that with you. And you shared um, a quote Mm -hmm. that was about believing in fate. So will you share that with everyone? Yeah. So it's what I've always loved. I've always been a big fan of quote quotes in general, but uh, yeah, this one that has stuck with me, believe in fate, but lean forward where fate can see you. And that's something like I've always loved because, you know, there's a, I don't know whether it's Hollywood or whatever people think like I can just sit on the sideline and have these, this guy walk by and our eyes meet and this is what it is. And maybe that happens to some people, but I think there's a lot of action that has to go. And I know you've talked about that before action that has to go behind our beliefs and our wants. And, um, you know, and, and so I think that's a huge part of this whole thing and why we are where we are. Absolutely. And so we're talking about leaning into fate. We're definitely talking about, recognizing where we have resistance, putting these actions into place. And for those of you that can hear a fly flying around and those of you who are going to watch this later, you're going to laugh so hard. So distracting. I've attempted <laughs> to, to get it out of here so many times and Beth has just continued. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but so I want to dive into how we were speaking when you and I connected one of the last times about language at work when it comes to spouses or kids and how, like what we're speaking into. And I loved your perspective and and what you've observed at work and then how you're able to help people flip the script with that. Yeah. So something we talk about, Sean and I, a lot of times where people just kind of like talk ish about being married, you know, where it's like, and so I I've noticed this more at work. Cause my, my office is like a hundred people. So we'll sign e-cards when someone's getting married and, you know, people will say like, 
oh, like enjoy the old ball and chain or like, you know, say goodbye to your paycheck when your wife spends it all. And I'm just always, you know, like there's a part of me that, or say goodbye to your freedom. And I always write in there like, congratulations, marriage is the best. Like, you know, like good luck to both of you. You're going to love it. And, and now having children, I, I do the same thing. And I truly believe those things. You know, I'm not just saying it just to like pump people's tires or like help them down the aisle or whatever it may be. But I just am always just like, I, I don't know. I'm always taken aback by like, why would you say that to someone? And maybe like, even if you're in a bad marriage or you don't particularly like your children, like, why would you put that on to someone else who's about to like, you know, make this huge life step forward. So it's something that I try to like talk to people about and, you know, provide realness around it, not think like Sean and I have the most perfect marriage in the whole wide world. And, um, you know, it doesn't come without hard work or troubles, but it's not the thing that people talk about sometimes where you're just like, oh no, this is still a person. And hopefully you've made like a relatively good choice in that you're enjoying to spend time with this person and walking through life with someone is really, really nice, even if it's not always the smoothest road. So I try to just like remind people of that because it really bums me out. Well, and, and for those listening who are truly challenged and struggling, I, I know I, I don't believe that I've done it intentionally, but it's almost like when you get in a group with someone or you meet up with someone and they go down that, like all the things that aren't working and all of a sudden you're like five, 10 minutes in and you're like contributing the things that aren't working in your life. And you're like, Oh, this just does not feel good. And in the clarity choice plan intention guide, one of the tools that we use for clarity coaching gossip is literally like an ineffective way of doing things. Right. And then feedback is the opposite of that. And I always love hearing and seeing the word gossip, something that has never felt good. Like I was challenged with like finding quality friends in elementary school and all through like my life, I've always had very quality people, but then there's been some that I feel like there's gossip or there's whatever happening and it just never has felt good. So Mm -hmm. I truly intentionally don't want to be doing that for others, but I know I've gotten caught into what's not working. And when it comes to relationships, there was a massive period of time in my life. It felt like a massive period of time. Thank goodness. It's a glimpse where things were just really not what I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And I listened to a girlfriend who was sharing a story about going to on their honeymoon. And she didn't realize that her husband couldn't swim. And they had, pl- she had planned all these excursions and these things. And so she went to the like, concierge after. And she's like, I need a plane ticket home. And I want a divorce. Like this is, I didn't know who I was marrying. And I'm just so curious how many of us not in like, I don't think people are trying to pull the wool over somebody else's eyes, but there's sometimes things that aren't discussed for some reason, or you end up learning in certain situations and somebody reacts different than you anticipated. So I found myself in a situation that didn't feel good at all. And I spent a ton of time crying and I spent a ton of time attempting to process things. And I think us as women 
have a tendency to run things through our head maybe more, right? I I heard mm-hmm. at some point yeah. women have like 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, whereas men might have 15 and, or maybe it's our words. Right. We all have about probably the same amount of thoughts going through our head, but we speak more than, mm-hmm. than men do or most of the time. And um, so being able to recognize what is happening in your life and then do something about it, whether that be changing your thoughts on the inside and, and just digging in deep. Like I had an amazing mentor in my life who at one point said, I stop and I, I point on my forehead, like a bendy spot. And I say, what would love do in this moment before I walk in this door? And that was a game changer for me because love wouldn't act or say the things that I was saying in my mind and in my head, love would actually just run over and, or like show up and give that person a hug and give that person a kiss and see them for who they are. And all of our, I have, I'm sure, right. Just as many things that somebody else is being driven crazy by whether they're Mm. articulating it or not. And so for those of you who are out in the world, really struggling and, or in a place that you didn't anticipate or a rough chapter of your marriage, you could be in the best marriage of your life. Right. And there's still Mm. a rough patch or a rough place in the river and you're getting tested at your deepest place. So what would you, are are there recommendations that you have for shifting your mind at that point? Or I'm just so grateful to have the conversation with you and that you're the one showing up and choosing to write something different in these cards and being that beacon of bright light for others. Yeah, I think, and, and this is not to say, I'm not dismissing, there are people who are in bad relationships and I'm not saying like, if you're in an abusive relationship or something like that, like, don't be like, put a smile on your face and be happier with someone, you know, like that's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. And there are absolute times there divorce is the right call for both people's happiness, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying too. But overall, I think as you say a lot on this podcast, what you focus on expands, right? So it's like, if I focus on all the things that Sean that like drive me crazy, then I'm just going to see Sean as this annoying human who shares my house and like leaves the floss pick on the, on the sink, even though the, the garbage is right there, you know? So it's like, but instead it's like, he like makes dinner and gets really excited about it and like giggles with our kids. And, you know, so I think it's focusing on those things, you know? So it's, again, just shifting that focus onto the things that are like what you loved about that person or same thing with children. Yes. I mean, we have a toddler right now and he is like all toddler, like the emotional roller coaster of this child is like exhausting. I'm sure for him too. Right. And so, but he's also, you're just like, okay, Let's take a break. He's freaking out. Why is he freaking out? Okay. Well, in his world right now, all he wants to do is go outside and play with this ball, you know? And so, you know, I think just like looking at that again and just being like, this little human is just trying to make his way in the world. And it's very frustrating for me to hear him yell about it, but you know, I'm just going to try to love and appreciate this because, and it's a, like you said, it's a glimpse in time too. So it's just like, Let's appreciate that right now. So I think that's the bigger focus is just like staying 
staying on to the things that you love about those people or your job or your house or things like that, you know, so it's same thing. And, and if, and if you're doing all that and it's still, you're still not finding pleasure. Cause I did that with, with a lot of professions where I'm like, okay, this is really hard right now, but I'm just going to shift my focus and it's a good job. And then like, after a while, it's like, okay, you know what? This is still not, this is still not getting me what I need, or it's not like, you know, it's not smoothing out my life at all. So then what can I do about it? Right. If I can't change my thought about it now, well, then what's my next step? Okay. Do I have to go to my boss and, you know, ask for more money? Is that what's going to fix it? Maybe a, a little bit, but typically not always. And then ultimately after that, okay, then maybe I need to start looking at a bigger change and change is very scary, but you know, ultimately like this life is ours to live. And so, you know, why not just keep trying to pursue the things that make you really happy in it? Yeah. If there's two buttons, resistance and receiving, then do whatever you possibly can to receive, right. To yeah give and receive and have that radar open and, and really just aligned. I I think there's so much in this life that we as untapped territory are things that we've either forgotten about or something we haven't explored yet. That Mm. is way more in alignment than what we've done so far. And I personally believe that we came here to play and that we came here to experience joy and pleasure and, live the best life we possibly can. So if that's yeah. the case, then it starts in our, our own mind with our, our mind and, and our personal fields. And then that radiates out and ripples into other people. So mm-hmm. if they're a part of that and it's not working, then definitely figure out a new and different way for sure. Yeah. And that's like my new focus. I go back to work in a few weeks here and I'm like having some building anxiety about it just with the scheduling and all of it. But, you know, my new focus is just like not taking life so seriously. Like I'm, I'm going to get some wordage around that in our house, just so I can like, when we're all freaking out and it feels like dinner's not being made or this is crazy or we've got appointments and, you know, work and blah, blah, blah. And then just taking a step back, like we're on this earth for a relatively short amount of time. And like, it does, it is not this serious. Like there are some things that are very serious and like most of the time it's not what we're dealing with. And I am like, you know, I, I have a tendency to do that, especially at work. Like I have to do this and I'm not doing my part, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so hard on myself and why I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. You know? So it's like, we just need to take a step back and say, this is not that serious. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. We make it all up and mm. it's really like something that I used to think people were quite crazy when I'd hear them say that. And now I, I truly believe it. Like what shifted in, in my relationship was me and then the perspective and the internal dialogue and the energy that comes out and, and is received in the other. And so often we're expecting other people to change other things to change taking it Mm -hmm. so seriously. And I wanted to grow up really quick when I was a kid, because there were certain things that didn't feel very good. And 
a lot of codependencies that were pretty unhealthy. And mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, going and being an adult is going to be like so much better. So <laughs> I felt like I took be like life so serious in so many regards. Yeah. That tapping into that play and that place mm-hmm. of light and joy is really what I believe we came here to do. And the yeah. other piece that is just on my heart in this moment, which I just share so much gratitude for is for, um, all of us just to be more raw and open and truthful about what is happening in our lives, because that's at least for myself, what has allowed me to change and go, Oh, like take a deeper breath and see people in a, in a new light and go, Oh, I'm not the only one that is going through that experiencing that. And, um, you just had a social media post that is, it warmed my heart so big because we can have this, awestruck perfection, right. And social putting out into the world when life is really a bit uncomfortable at times. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I know it sounds maybe contradictory what I'm saying in terms of like, you know, don't talk badly about things, but then there's also, there's a difference between talking badly about something and being real about it, you know? So it's like, yeah, we went on a family vacation, which should have been idyllic and it wasn't, you know? And so if I, that, that was the post. If I had just posted these pictures, I knew people would comment on it and be like, oh, how wonderful. How great. Ah, la, la, la. It's so wonderful. And there were parts of it that were, but there were parts of it that were really, really challenging and exhausting and very real and um, humbling. But it's all a part of it. You know, it's we want to travel with two children. And so, yeah, there's going to be learning curves along the way. And this was a big one of them. And so, but, you know, in doing that and posting that I get so much wonderful feedback, like from people like, oh yeah, we've been there. Just wait until you don't have diapers and don't have strollers. And, you know, and, um, so I think to your point, yeah, if you throw that out there, if you're a little bit more real, you'll, you will get back realness for sure. And that is just so meeting people on that level is just like what it's all about. You know, you can meet someone and small talk all day long, but if you can meet someone and just say, you know what, I'm having a really tough day or like, that's something we do at work too. Right. We hop on these like zoom calls or teams meetings and like, how's your day going? Oh, just great. You know, like I work in like global logistics. Things have not been great for like years. Let's be serious. It's like a fire every day. And so Prior to my maternity leave, I would be like, you know what? I'm having a really challenging day or this week is really, really difficult because I know everyone's week is really, really difficult and they're exhausted and they don't have a lot more to give. And that's okay to say that, you know, we don't have to all get on and be like, everything's wonderful. The ship just went down and, or, you know, there's a giant container ship stuck in the Suez Canal. Everything's fine. Oh, it's not, you know, it's like. So it's okay to say, to be vulnerable too. That's so true. Yeah. The questions that we ask for the clarity check-in are what's different, what worked and what didn't work in the last 24 hours, which always brings out such good stuff. And it's really the time our performance, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. we get to meet someone and come into a meeting at a, like, with clarity with like, all right, Beth is it going through X, Y, and Z and it's removing the judgment, not getting into the story about it and just being able to meet people 
where they are, acknowledge that, and then mm-hmm. continue to get done whatever's needed, especially in a work situation. But there's moments sure. when that's not called for either, right? It's like the toddlers that are having a bit of a meltdown. Like we can't do anything about that in that moment, yeah. right? Right, um, exactly. Yeah, no, and I think it's so important. It's so important to just, like you said, come at it without judgment. Like you can be where you are having a tough day. Okay, great, acknowledged. Now let's move forward as best we can. Yeah, so good. Thank you so much for being here with all of us. I really, really, really hope for those of you who are looking for someone, who are married, who are going through divorce this moment, who are separated and taking time for yourself or who are in a place of rediscovery with a new relationship or new marriage that this is helpful in some way or refreshing. Um, I just have always appreciated the huge light that you are in the world and the laughter and joy that you bring. And so I'm grateful that you all got to meet Beth today. Thank you for being here. Of course. And this also trickles over. um, uh, We had our first son through IVF. So this has trickled over into fertility issues as well. So yeah, if anyone wants to connect about any of those things, I am here for it because that's a whole separate journey that is very challenging. So yeah, yeah, well, we'll we'll have to, um, if you're up for it, definitely have a conversation about that because that's a a journey and an experience, right? Where I feel like so many of us have to like either bury those emotions and or not Mm. them and there's so much to be said for really acknowledging where we are and what we're going through or what we had to go through in order to bring life into the world. Right. And that's a, that's an experience where people say all kinds of crazy things to you, you know, like where are the children? You're like, that seems very insensitive right now. You know? So yeah, we could definitely have that discussion too. Um, But in the meantime, if you're going through it, keep going. Yeah. And reach out to Beth if you're if you're able, well, I don't, I don't know, find, find, find her for sure, but we'll, we'll see about where we put information information out for you all. But thank you so much, Beth. I really, really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. It's been an absolute pleasure and you're a pleasure. So thanks for doing all this. I, I enjoy hearing your podcast. So hopefully people enjoy hearing this too. And if not, just skip ahead or listen to Jenny's part. Not true. Not true. Not true. All right, everyone. We will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Manifesting Clarity. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others to find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.